This is the Westwards podcast, a fortnightly production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. Western Sydney is located on the traditional lands of the Darug, Gunungurra and Tharawal nations, and we acknowledge and offer our respects to all Indigenous people and to their Elders past, present and emerging. Opinions and views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Westwards organisation. If you'd like to ask questions, offer feedback or simply learn more about what we do at Westwards, please visit westwards.com.au. All right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the West Words podcast for today, Tuesday the 24th of May 2022. My name is James Roy, I'm your host. And yes, of course, I did say Tuesday. Ordinarily, we'd have done this on a Friday or even a Saturday or Sunday, but we've been reading the research and the research suggests that Tuesday is the best day to release a podcast. Is this true? I don't know. I guess we'll find out or we might not even find out. Maybe we're just blowing in the wind. Speaking of wind, I am sitting in a gentle breeze in Memorial Park uh, in Penrith. Now, I think it's called Memorial Park. It's on the corner of High Street and uh, another street opposite Masters Place. And what it is, is a uh, it's the memorial to the Anzacs and the other servicemen and women. And it's on uh, the, right near High Street in Penrith. Now, Penrith is in the, in the heart of Western Sydney, as you probably know. And today I thought I would do my podcast from outside. So the sounds that you hear are traffic and people talking, people coming and going, and bustling. Bustling is one of the words that people use to describe Western Sydney, and Penrith is one of those places. It's a place that is on the move. It is a changing demographic. In the the federal election that took place a couple of days ago, it remained liberal, but with a swing against it. We're not getting political today because that's not what Westwards is about. Uh, So all I will say about the election that occurred on the weekend is that uh, a message seems to have been sent about things like uh, environmental issues and climate change and so forth. We also really hope with uh, the change of government that there is going to be more support for the arts as artists and as working artists and people who value the arts. We really are hoping the new Labor government is going to be uh, friendly to the arts. But that's all we'll say about that. So you might be licking your wounds today if uh, the vote didn't go the way you were hoping. You might be celebrating. Uh, in uh, Regardless of what the result was to you, uh, maybe just rejoice in the fact that it was a free election, it was a peaceful election, and some people might have got their noses a bit of, out of joint about the result, but at the end of the day, nobody's marching on a public building to protest violently. Nobody is getting beaten up because of the way they voted. Nobody is being imprisoned. People can express their views, and I think that is something to remain grateful for. One of the things that we do notice when we go to festivals is what they call the uh, the pen empty chair. Now, pen is the organisation that represents uh, or speaks for journalists and writers who don't have a voice and the empty chair is a chair that sits on a stage to remind the audience that there are people in parts of the world who just want to uh, 
express themselves uh, either politically or, or so, with social conscience or whatever it might be who are unable to do that because they, their voices have been silenced they've either been imprisoned or in some cases killed for the views that they wish to express so I think we can all take a bit of a moment to feel grateful for the fact that the election that took place in Australia a couple of days ago everything went relatively peacefully well pretty much by any measure it went peacefully and smoothly and the new Prime Minister's off to work already. This brings me uh, in a fairly simple segue I suppose to the quote of the day. As you will know if you've listened to our podcast before that we have a quote of the day where we actually uh, look at somebody who was born on this day or perhaps who passed away on this day And we find a quote from them that is relevant to the creative life. And today the birthday boy is one Robert Allen Zimmerman, who was born on May 24th, 1941, which makes him 81 today. He was born in Duluth, Minnesota. And if if you've ever watched the show Fargo, you will be familiar with Duluth. And that's where Robert Allen Zimmerman was born. And of course, he went on to become known as Bob Dylan. American singer-songwriter, often regarded by many as being perhaps one of the greatest uh, songwriters of all time. Some might argue that he's not the greatest singer of all time, but he, by his own estimation, says that uh, he said, nothing can affect my voice, it's so bad. So, look, <laughs> he also said, uh, my songs always sound a lot better in person than they do on the record. Uh, look. That might have been true once, but uh, anyone who's seen him in recent years might not entirely agree. Anyway, we're, we're splitting hairs a little bit because Bob Dylan, regardless of what you might think of his voice, is a legend of the creative world. He's also a painter, he's a writer, and he is one of the most covered songwriters of all time. How many albums has he recorded? Look, I'm going to have to have to look that up, but it's a lot. He's written some terrific songs over the years, best known for The Times They Are Changing, A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, Blown in the Wind. Funnily, he said he's never written a political song. I think most of us would be in a position to disagree with that. Uh, Were a lot of songs of his political? Look, I think they were. They might not have been directly political, but they, they really were speaking for the common man and they were talking about resistance and they were talking about... Uh, social justice so yeah I think they were political so I'm not quite sure where he he gets the idea that he has never written a political song so the quote from today is this from Bob Dylan he said I change during the course of a day I wake and I'm one person and when I go to sleep I know for certain I'm somebody else he also said what's money a man is a success if he gets up in the morning and goes to bed at night and in between does what he wants to do But let's talk about the first quote. I change during the course of the day. I wake and I'm one person. And when I go to sleep, I know for certain I'm somebody else. I would hope that all of us as creative people could say the same thing. Because if you're an honest creator, if you're reflecting the world that you see around you, if you're trying to have an opinion or express what you see in the world or or be an honest recorder of what the world is about, what the world you see is like, then hopefully you can't help but be changed by what you see. It may, not be, it may be for the better, it may be for the worse. But 
nobody wants to read a writer who is completely unchanging. Actually, I'm going to backtrack and say that's not the case. There are people who want to read writers who write the same thing over and over again. But certainly from an artistic and creative point of view, I think the more interesting approach is to understand that you are in a, in a dynamic world and that the creativity that you put together and, and put out into the world needs to be reflective of that. Not only is it, does it make for a more interesting writing, it also makes for being a more interesting writer and it makes for your life being more interesting if you are taking what you see around you and amending that and adjusting that and changing that and using that in your writing, in the stories that you tell and in what you're trying to say. I think it, uh, it behooves all of us to observe the world that we see and rather than tell, the, tell our readers what we think the world is or should be, that we reflect what it really is. Now how do we do that? It might be tricky to uh, just be didactic about how we see the, the world. Not tricky in the sense that it's hard to say, but getting anyone to take it seriously might be the trick. For example, you know, I've, I've quoted in the past, I've quoted Joseph Stalin who said the death of a million is a mere statistic and the death of one is a tragedy. And much as I have no time for the politics of Joseph Stalin, at the same time, I think he made a solid point, and that is that the stories that we tell that are mere representations of big numbers are less affecting to the reader than a story that tells one person's experience. And I think that what we're talking about here when we say that we wake up and we're one person, go to sleep for some, and know that we're someone else, I think that has to come out of the fact that as we go about our lives we don't just see different things around us and observe the world around us in terms of pure physical terms but the people that we interact with and the stories that we hear and the experiences that we hear expressed to us. And it's been interesting watching this take place during the campaign, the election campaign, watching people try to say to the major parties that what you're telling us is important to us isn't necessarily what is important to us. And so I guess that's a fairly clumsy call back to what we mentioned earlier with the federal election. But I think the message that was very strongly sent to the major parties in the election recently was, yeah, the thing that you say is most important to us isn't actually what we would have told you had you bothered to ask us. So how do we relate to this as writers? Well, I think it's fairly straightforward talk to people. Go out there and actually look around and find out from people what their stories are, what their opinions are about things, how they're affected by what's around them and use those real people in your stories because that will always offer authenticity to the way, authenticity to the way you write and will also make you a different and better person. A couple of days ago I was fortunate to talk to three people who were uh, the final three, if you like, in the 67th Blake Poetry Prize. The Blake Poetry Prize is a poetry prize that is about spirituality and what spirituality means and how it affects us in everyday life. To enter the Blake Prize, which is, which is held every second year, to enter the Blake Prize, you don't have to be a person of faith. You can be a person who has no profession of faith, but what you write about might be how that is played out in your life or how you see the questions around spirituality being answered, what spirituality even is, which is a, a pretty big question, I think. So I was really fortunate that I got to spend an hour chatting with 
the three people who were top of the pile, if you like. The winner, Simone King, and the two highly commended poets, Gershon Muller and Kirsten Krauth. So I'm going to play you a little bit of that interview now. So here's Simone King, Gershon Muller and Kirsten Krauth talking about the Blake Poetry Prize. You have each written poems that are exploring this idea of spirituality, and it's it's deliberately a very loose uh, prompt, if you like. You know, just write something about this topic, which is you know by its very nature somewhat indefinable. Do you do each of you find that you use poetry to to explore that anyway, even when it's not the the actual uh, when it's not the actual intent of the competition that you're writing a poem for? In fact, maybe you didn't even write the poem for this competition. I'd be keen to hear each of you speak to to this idea that maybe poetry is something that you use to explore spirituality even when it's not on the menu. I like the others. I didn't write the poem for Entry to the Blake either. Um, I wrote it um, last year during a masterclass with Felicity Plunkett where we had to write a poem every week. Um, which is a much bigger, uh, you know, larger turnaround than I usually um, write. Um, So I was sort of like just panning, you know, sifting through my life for kind of moments or experiences that had that sort of potency that's often um, the inspiration for a poem for me. Um, And I thought of writing a poem about my second cousin, uh, who died after a long struggle with multiple sclerosis. And he died almost 10 years ago, so it was quite a long time ago. Um, and this poem is an elegy for him. Um, he was a surfer before he his MS symptoms got too severe. And the poem describes the paddle out ceremony that his surfer friends um, performed for him after his death as a part of his wake ceremony. And I was watching it from the shore. And so I'm the poem sort of um, is my sort of reflections and thoughts as I watch this ceremony from the shore. And it's also a reflection on my relationship with my second cousin as well. I've started life as a surrealist and an imagist in my poetry because I've always been writing from the point of view of innocence. And that came because of my early interest from about age 17 in yoga and meditation and all that. And uh, and I, I've always been very interested in, in that space. There's the kind of edge of human experience uh, when you're in a meditative or contemplative state. But that can be anywhere, as as Kirsten has just said, because what she's talking about is not the the shop heaven, but the experience that the girls had inside the shop. So it had nothing to do with the object. It was their response that was approached something spiritual. And uh, in terms of the effect, and I had a lot of trouble. Uh, a lot of my early work um, uh, was very surrealistic, and uh, I was always looking for a frame to try and put this stuff in because when it came out, a lot of the time, extremist consciousness stuff doesn't work when you're trying to describe the world. You know, it's a very difficult thing to do. So uh, it's been a bit of a journey, really, because I've always been motivated to write except when I'm travelling, not so much as a response to where I am, but what I'm thinking about. And I kind of see myself as someone trying to have a conversation with the universe, who, uh, uh, but is constantly trying, being interrupted with fireflies and I'm brushing them away 
and sometimes they land on the page buzzing a light and, and they're the poems, the ones that almost survive. But that's how I kind of see my work. I'm kind of investigating another space which is very difficult to translate. Yeah, so I was writing just to um, to respond to that and so the poem came out um, uh, very, very quickly. It was just a kind of a flow of consciousness thing as a response um, and I did a whole suite of poems and they were all, I think I probably could have entered any of them into the Blake because they were all looking at, at those kinds of themes. Um, so it was very intensive. I wrote, I think I wrote 10 to 12 poems in um, three weeks and he was just, I was just invited to just choose any of his photographs and, and respond immediately to them. So once again, that was Simone King, Gershon Muller and Kirsten Krauth talking about the Blake Poetry Prize. The winner, Simone King, won $5,000. The other two were named as highly commended. If you'd like to hear that complete interview, you can go to our mini masterclass podcast, which will be out this Friday, or you can go to our YouTube channel, Westwards Official, and um, you, you will find on there the video of that conversation. It was held on Zoom. And it was a it was a fun conversation. It was uh, enlightening to me about the views that these three fine poets have about matters around spirituality and about poetry generally. So check it out. We've recently had a couple of interesting events held at Westwards. Uh, they were both the first two I'm going to talk about were from the Sydney Writers Festival. They were sort of satellite events for the Sydney Rise Festival. The first one was Auburn Poets and Writers last Tuesday night and they did a performance of Shadows and Reflections. And we're in the process of recording some of those for a podcast, but the event was a great event. It was held over two stages in the same room. It was innovatively, if that's a word, put together by Sally Sussman, the director. And it was a quite a moving night. And these the poets from Auburn Poets and Writers I went to their rehearsal the, just before it started and they were a little nervous and I thought, well, if, if that old adage that you have a bad rehearsal before you get going, you're going to have a good event on the night, if that adage is true, then tonight is the night to, uh, to live up to it. And in fact, that's exactly what it is. Not that they had a bad rehearsal, but they were quite nervous and anxious about how it was go, going to go. And then on the night, it was really quite remarkable they did a wonderful job and the second event as part of the Sydney Writers Festival was the uh, Innocence and Experience the Poets of the Blake Prize at the Kasula Powerhouse Arts Centre and a couple of the people that I spoke to in the podcast and the interview were there but that was also a terrific event our executive director Michael Campbell interviewed them and it was a terrific night in another event, our annual art auction began this week. Uh, this time it's infused with the ornithological charm of Dirtland Press's books, Birds of a Feather. These are remarkable images that are created by Persian artists. Most of them, are, most if not all, are of the theme of birds. They are really quite stunning. So if you go to westwords.com.au, you can find a link that will take you to the auction. They make great gifts, they're beautiful pieces. I'd, I'd love a couple of these just for my own house, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to buy more than one. But, so there is a buy it now price on you, but there is also a, a bidding 
the war that's going to take place. So get on there, bid early, bid often, and you will get to own a, a remarkable piece of art and help support Westwards at the same time. We're still taking bookings for our special live poetry event, which is going to be held on the evening of June the 2nd. It's going to welcome Nathaniel O'Reilly, who is on a rare visit to Sydney. He'll be joined by David Adez, Michelle Kale, and Trisha Dearborn uh, for a night of poetry readings and conversation. And you can either call 1-800-WESTWORDS or email admin at westwords.com.au or go to the website to find out how to book. Bookings are still open for our masterclass for Campbelltown. You don't have to be from Campbelltown, but that's where it's going to be held. Uh, on the 29th of May at the Wedderburn Writers' Retreat, the Westwood, Westwards Writers' Retreat out on Wedderburn Road. And we can confirm that our first masterclass will be titled Crafting Truth, Tools of Non-Fiction and Memoir. And we will have a good friend of Westwards, journalist and biographer James Knight will be facilitating this masterclass. Bookings are essential and filling up fast so either ring 1800 westwards or you can go to email admin westwards at admin at westwards.com.au or go to our website it's going to be a terrific day it's sunday the 29th of may as i said and so please get along that's it from us for now but as i've said come back on friday for the next mini masterclass, which is a uh the interview with Gershon Muller, Simone King and Kirsten Krauss. I'll be back in another two weeks with another Tuesday podcast. But until then, as we always say, happy creating. Happy creating.